welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City-based jazz saxophonist Stephen Martin. On July 27, 2018, he is set to release his debut 2018 CD called Vision on his independent label, Subtle Street Records. He was born in Champaign, Illinois, and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and he started playing saxophone at the age of 10. He would come to Kansas City via the University of Missouri, KC, to learn under jazz legend Bobby Watson and world-renowned classical saxophonist Tim Timmons. That led him to his home of Kansas City these days, where he has regular performances, and he's contributing to a very thriving scene here in Kansas City, along with America at large. So please get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. So, hey, Stephen, man, thanks for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So let's dive right into your debut album coming out on July 27th called Vision. It's a great album and great debut. I just want to know from you how exciting is it to finally get this out and to see it come to fruition. It's man, it's great. It's really a dream of sorts. I mean, this is something I've always wanted to do. You know, I don't know when you're younger and you kind of have these dreams, you don't necessarily, you know, you you work towards it and you know you you put all the work in and then you just hope that you know one day you can make it happen. And um, I was lucky to to have a great band, you know, and uh, we got to play together for uh, quite quite a long stretch, which is also. Uh, pretty rare nowadays, I would say, uh, especially in jazz, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's uh, definitely a dream. This is what I've wanted to do. So the beginnings of that dream happened in Champaign, Illinois, and you were raised in St. Louis and started playing the sax at 10. Talk to me about your childhood and how you got into music. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I've been asked the question a lot about, you know, like, why did you choose a saxophone? And um, I I still think about that, you know, today. I don't know why necessarily. I just, uh, around that age, I was just really fixated on that instrument for some reason, and I just knew I wanted to play saxophone. Um, I remember being, being about, you know, about that age in St. Louis, and there was actually so many kids um, in my class that wanted to play saxophone that my teacher basically said, well, we really need you to play trombone, you know, because we don't have anybody that's going to play trombone. And I just, I do distinctly remember, you know, being really upset about that. I was like, no, I really want to play saxophone, you know. And so we, uh, and so I, you know, they let me, which was awesome. And, uh, and then I would say the first day we like went to the, whatever music store, uh, I think it's called like band instrument service something like that in St. Louis. We got the instrument and brought it home, and I think I was, like, you know, honking away on it, like, the first day, you know, and uh, just kind of went from there. I had, you know, had no idea, obviously, at that point in my life that it would, you know, turn into what it has, but that was a great, uh, that was a great discovery. You know, it's definitely uh, become, you know, to me, it's not even like an, you know, an instrument that I'm, you know, whatever, it's like a part of my body or something like that, which is maybe weird or something, but that's just, uh, that's what it's become, so. No, that's cool, man. That It's an extension of yeah. you for sure. So, how instrumental was your time at UMKC with Bobby Watson and, and Tim Timmons? It seems like that was probably a pretty big growth period for you. Oh, absolutely. To be honest, I when I was looking at schools and uh, just, just trying to figure out, okay, where do I want to, 
you know, get get some formal music training. I I really didn't know that much about UMKC. It uh, I really found out about it because a lot of my peers that I had met, um, like my last couple years in high school was in the Missouri All-State Jazz Band, which, um, you know, by my estimation, at least at the time, was really one of the great All-State bands in the country. I mean, it was, especially for saxophone, it was just very, um, you know, it was just really great. Really hard to get into the band. I mean, I, you know, it was, uh, I, all, you know, it was, uh, something that I, I knew that in other states, like some friends that I had connected with or whatever, you know, they were in it like all four years or something like that. And I, you know, I was like an alternate or something my junior year. And then the senior, you know, my then finally made the band, uh, senior year. So it's just very competitive and all that, which is cool. That's great. That's the way you want it to be. And anyway, a lot of my friends that were in that band and I that I met that way, um, they were all, when I asked them, like, where are you going? Pretty much all of them said UMKC. And, uh, so I was like, oh, okay, I need to check this out, obviously. And, um, I, I was sold really from the, the, the minute I got there. I mean, meeting Bobby, um, really just getting a sense for, what was already starting to happen with the Kansas City music scene, uh, just going out and going as, to as many places as I could, you know, being like 18 or whatever. But um, I, I could just tell that this was uh, a great place to be, and it was, uh, you know, probably the, you know, by far the best um, decision I could have made. Um, and then I just got even luckier, I think, with working with Tim Timmons, because uh, he's a really a really gifted classical saxophonist and doesn't doesn't teach there anymore uh, has since retired but he's uh, really taught me you know so much as well so yeah as, as you said he and Bobby were incredibly instrumental in uh in helping me I do remember funny the story I always like tell people about Tim Timmons too is like you know he's he could be kind of prickly especially with jazz musicians because they you know sometimes weak were you know accused you know, of not being able to do certain things, you know, like simple things like play scales or something and uh, by classical musicians, you know, or whatever. And um, I remember that we eventually grew to be like, you know, close friends and things. But at the, I remember one of the first times I met him, I walked in and like he said, like, you know, play your D flat major scale. And uh, I, I played it, but I, I messed it up, you know, like pretty badly or whatever. And I, I, you know, to me, this was a motivating moment. I suppose to other people, they could have, you know, could have really been hurtful or something. But he was just like, man, how did you get into the conservatory, man? Like, you have to be able to, you know, you have to be able to play your major scales, man. You know, and uh, I just looked at him like, you know what, you're right. <laughs> you know, like, why, why can't I do all this stuff? I don't know. And so that, you know, for, you know, for me, that was, that was just great because it was, a totally, I had these two really great perspectives, you know, because sometimes, I don't know, I mean, not that you, you know, not that like a jazz musician or like Bobby is going to be okay with me not knowing that or something, but I guess it's just to point out, you know, the different uh, perspectives and just the different things that people value, you know, and being able to go to two great people, you know, just back to back like that was really, really cool, so... Well, so you make your way to Kansas City to get educated. You stay here. You're a fixture on the scene. So I want to ask you, how satisfied are you with being a part of this Kansas City jazz scene? Oh, man, it's so great, man. I mean, this is, uh, it's, 
you know, it's such a it's such a vibrant scene right now, you know, and having been in a lot of other cities in this country, I mean, yeah, you know, you it's not a stretch to say that, you know, especially inside the coast, um, I mean, I don't know that you're going to find a better jazz scene. And really, to me, this is just, the, you know, just because of its size may be a step behind New York or something, just simply because of the size. But I don't know that there's any other scene that truly compares, you know, just with um, the level of musicianship that's here. You know, the vibe that's, that's here is great. You know, it's a community. I mean, that's something that I will say that, you know, like a lot of friends that I have in New York that have come here, to stay and, you know, play for like a week or something like that and just hang out. You know, I know that's something that really means something to people, man, you know, like the, there's the, you know, not that people, I mean, of course people are doing great things in New York, but, you know, there is kind of a darker vibe there to some degree, you know, like just, I think it's just the, you know, just the, whatever the speed of life there maybe kind of bogs people down a little bit or something like that. So they, you know, that's something that I, you know, especially musicians from there and other big scenes like that, LA or whatever that have come here have really mentioned just like how, you know, how the vibrancy of the scene and how, you know, how positive it is, how the community is. And that really, you know, does great things for the music. Um, and then in turn, obviously does even greater things for the audience that's listening to that music. But yeah, man, as far as my, you know, experience coming up, you know, I've met so many, you know, wonderful musicians in this city that, you know, are really world-class, man, and it's not a stretch to say that either because they're all going all over the world, you know. It's like we have people that are, you know, living here but traveling around the world or people that have lived here who have since moved to, you know, Paris or whatever, you know, and so, um, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a great time to be here. I mean, in my opinion, it's a, a musical renaissance of sorts, you know, uh, talking to great bass player Bob Bowman, um, who's, you know, one of the, you know, great masters that I've had, you know, I've been lucky to, to be around and soak in um, things from. He has mentioned how that even in his estimation that this is basically there's like kind of two uh, trajectories or whatever. There's like, you know, he said that there's never been this level of, you know, talent or musicianship along with the same level of infrastructure, like as far as like places to play and all of that. And he said it's usually been one or the other is in a great discrepancy of the other, you know, like there's a lot of people, but maybe not a lot of venues or whatever, or, you know, a lot of venues, but not as many musicians or something. So he said this is at least, you know, in his, you know, decades of being affiliated with Kansas City that he's even told me that this is, you know, the you know, the most vibrant time that he can remember, you know, likely going back to, you know, the time that, uh, that Bird, that Charlie Parker was here. So, um, which I think is great. And I think people know that, man, you know, they go out and they're so appreciative of the music and, um, it just, it does great things for the, the community here, you know, and so it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to be a part of it. I don't take it for granted. I just know it's not like that in most places around the world. So I really try to, you know, at times just sit back and really, you know, really appreciate that even more, you know, because sometimes life, you're like running around doing all this stuff and then you have to kind of take a step back and, you know, realize how great it is what's going on. What, yeah, yeah, that's a great assessment. It's great news, man, for sure. Um, 
Let me, let me ask you a very simple question. Why do you love jazz? Oh, man. Well, you know, man, I mean, when I was, uh, when I was a kid, you know, I, I grew up listening to, you know, what my parents were listening to, you know, and they graduated high school in the 80s, you know, so they were listening to a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, I love, and so, I, you know, like Michael Jackson, you know, Prince, all the, you know, Stevie Wonder, um, and I, and I loved all that stuff and I still do and got into, you know, this is like before I ever really was introduced to jazz. I was listening to that and like eventually got into like Led Zeppelin, Nirvana, stuff like that. And then I, uh, and then I had a, a teacher in high school, like a private saxophone teacher who, um, showed me some, some recordings of, you know, jazz saxophone players primarily uh, John Coltrane and Sonny Rollins. And it just floored me beyond what I can even really say, man. I mean, I I, I was so, um, yeah, I was just so floored by what they were doing and very quickly realized how much of their emotions that they were um, expressing through the music, you know. And uh, that it was just more potent in that regard than any music that I listen to, which is not like some kind of like slight on any of those other, you know, uh, musicians or artists that I, I just said, I just meant just for me anyway, I, you know, I was just really fixated on that and wanted to learn about that, how they were doing it, you know, um, and so that, you know, really I was hooked, you know, I mean, I guess I was probably about 16 or 17 around then, you know, so I guess by comparison, I maybe got introduced to the music a little bit later than some of my peers. But, but yeah, man, I was just, um, I just thought it was so beautiful, you know, how, you know, just the, the, the music, the, the, you know, the compositional things that went into it, you know, just, uh, there, there was just a depth to how they were attaching their emotions to the music that I was just obsessed with. And I still am. I mean, that's, it becomes a lifelong you know, journey and uh, pursuit, you know, you're just trying to further, you know, get get yourself intimate with the music so that you can, you know, really just turn everything off and just, you know, for me, it's like attaching emotions to the music. That's what I love about it, man. I mean, it's, uh, for me, it's a way to express things that, uh, you know, are not, uh, that you just can't can't say with, with words, I guess, you know. Um, that's, so it's, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about it at a certain, you know, there's like a certain threshold, you know, for like how much you can really talk about it, you know, because the, um, that's, that's a big reason why I do it is because it's hard to explain what it, you know, certain areas of it, you know, spiritually or otherwise or emotionally that, you know, I was just, but that, that's really the, the reason why, I mean, of course you can get really, you know, like it's there. There's, you know, especially those two uh, saxophone players in particular. I mean, really the greats, you know, of the music. You know, it's, it's of course they're doing like amazing things on the instrument, and you want to learn. Oh, okay, well, how are they doing all of this? You know, crazy stuff physically on the instrument. But I could tell with them in particular, you know, that it was more than just that. It wasn't like uh, whatever gratuitously flashy playing or, you know, um, being unconventional just for the sake of that, 
you know, it was uh, it was a deeper message that they were trying to to get across. And even at a, a younger, you know, even being a teenager, I to feel that I don't know how aware of it I really was at the time or you know I mean I think that's kind of a spectrum at all times anyway but I could feel it you know and I just was just became obsessed and that's and that's that you know like that's still my still my uh you know mentality and my feeling on it today so right on let me ask you this everyone has a version of you your family your friends your fans but who do you think you are Oh yeah, that's a great question. Man, you know, I uh I think that people that uh you know, I think I was just talking about this with some family recently. I you know, I think people that know me a little bit, you know, more closely, um I think would probably you know, they know I, I think that they you know, they get the full whatever and this probably goes you know, for a lot of people, but they get kind of the full spectrum of my personality, you know. Um, I think it's just kind of, you know, just an inherent thing in human nature. You know, you just, uh, you maybe don't, you know, give all of that away to everyone that you meet or whatever. So I think people that, you know, don't know me that closely, just in my demeanor and everything, probably think that, you know, I'm like super serious all the time. And like, you know, just because I think, especially when I'm performing, you know, because I'm very, I, I learned at some point while I was, um, you know, learning to play the music that I was only really going to be able to do it at the level that I wanted and grow and continue to ascend or whatever um, if I was just completely focused, you know, like that, which is something that you hear people say, but it's, you know, it's one thing to to be aware that you need to do it, you know, and then it's another thing to, to really do it, you know, and so I think sometimes that level of focus can really put me in like a stoic state, you know, and I know the music can get pretty, like, you know, enraged at times, you know, and so I think people also think, like, oh, man, was he, like, you know, is he, like, pissed or something or what, I don't know, but uh, usually I just let the music go where it goes, but, yeah, I think that, you know, that probably, like, I have a very goofy nature about me, you know, like, I I really like goofy things, and that's probably the, the big thing, you know, just as far as, like, my, uh, basically, uh, like, I, I'm really into, like, you know, doing stand-up comedy and stuff like that, too. But you wouldn't necessarily know that not knowing me, like, super closely or anything, you know, because I, I do kind of have, like, a a more serious vibe when I'm playing. And, I, you know, and that's just that's not necessarily for everybody, you know. I know a lot of musicians have a different uh, approach on that. For me, I just, I take music very seriously. Not my, there's a difference between that and then, like, taking yourself too seriously, you know. I don't necessarily do that, but I do take the, the music very seriously. And so I think, you know, my, a big part, that's like a big part of my personality that maybe I don't, you know, just give out all the time is sort of that, you know, funnier, goofier side. But that's how I view myself anyway. You know, I'm a very, uh, I don't know, I think it's, uh, everybody has different nature, you know. Um, but that's, that's kind of me. You know, I think I, I kind of also like, you know, I kind of, you know, I since I've attributed so many of my, like, emotions and everything to the music, I tend to, you know, want to express them more that way than maybe just, you know, with my own, whatever, uh, facial expressions or things like that. So that's kind of, I guess, I don't know, it's kind of my interesting question being, like, you know, very introspective about how other people see you, you know, because to some degree you can't necessarily worry about that so much, you know, but... 
I definitely know that that's that's what I'm aware of anyway. You know, as far as like you know how people likely would would see me, but that's just how I that's how I see myself, and I think that's important. You know, it's a good question too because I think that's really important for for artists and you know in general is you're going to um, you know really tap into uh, you know the next level of your art if that's something that you want to do then you do really need to to know yourself well you know because that's such a big um, that's such a big thing you know I think uh, that was something that for quite a few years while I was learning to play I mean yeah you gain this skill and everything and you feel like okay you know I'm starting to get some things together but really you don't really you know start doing I don't know it's it's hard to to know how to say this but basically I in my opinion you don't necessarily start doing things that people should be hearing until you really start to know yourself and how you can bring your unique you know personality and your perspective on the world universe whatever like how you know that's really um that's you know very important to me you know and um something that I could tell that, you know, musicians that I looked up to, that they were able to, to do that. Right on. Steven, that's a great way to wrap everything up. Thank you for taking a minute to talk about the new album. Good luck with it, and thanks for what you do for Kansas City. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in St. Louis, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Steven for his music and his contribution to this Kansas City scene. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.